Okay, so we're having a conversation. Now it's recording. So continue on. Harm <laughs> <laughs> so of it though, it's that that it's hella awkward watching me be awkward. I don't oh, know. I was gonna say watching me be myself. Like, this, yeah, this, that's right. This is why Strange Familiars is not filmed. <laughs> yeah, but you're so smooth. You are. With I listen to that too. Tons of editing. With tons of editing, I'm smooth. Yeah, you were smooth when we did the thing the other day. So, um, sounded awkward conversations, right? Yeah. Yes. So there's this author I absolutely love. His name is uh, Patrick Harper. He wrote a book called Daemonic Reality, not demonic. It's demonic. It's a different thing. Um, wonderful book. Like one, like one of my favorite books of all time. Definitely my favorite book that has to do with the supernatural. Is it fiction or nonfiction? It's nonfiction. Okay. And my buddy Soraya has a podcast, Where Did the Road Go? And he's like, hey, I'm going to have Patrick Harper on. Do you want to come on? And I was like, okay, yeah. I'm just, I'm not going to be much help. I'm just going to fanboy the whole time. But yeah, I'll, you know, I'll come on. Because this guy is brilliant. Like Patrick Harper's brilliant. So I get on there and with a few people besides me and Soraya, it was like two other people, I think. Uh, the co-author of my latest book, Josh, and then uh, a guy named Ren and Soraya and this guy, Patrick Harper. And I had prepared nothing, no questions, nothing. I thought like I was just there to basically chime in when Soraya asked questions because it's his show, it's his interview. So Soraya gets us all together and he's like, you know, introduces us and says, okay, go. I'm going to go in the background. Tim, Josh, Ren, go ahead. Oh my God. And I was like, oh my God. And and here this guy, like I said, is like one of my favorite authors, just and he's brilliant. And I'm like, what am I gonna do? Luckily, Josh kind of took the helm and, and did a good job. But I, it was so like the first like few minutes of that were just like, uh, what do I do? Right. Like I I find once I settle in and get the nerves out of my system, but like that's why I really don't ever want to meet anyone that Mm -hmm. is like i would never want to meet robert smith because a i literally have no idea what i'd freaking say to him that he hasn't heard like 10 trillion times i'd probably but, forget how to speak english i would just make an ass out of myself that's all it would be look i, I show and tell i've got the book there it oh, is. Yeah. i'm oh. writing it down hold on continue tara read it and probably she'll probably have that read by tomorrow morning it's a talent reader the demonic reality a field guide to the other world by patrick harper what's there's his name and what's the premise of it it is um it explores the idea of things in the paranormal um being both um say um apparitional and physical at the same time, which is something I wrestle with uh, a lot in, in the, on the podcast and in my books that uh, something say like Bigfoot can leave a footprint and leave hair behind, but it, it can't be caught. It's not there. It's not like a, it's not like an animal. And, and he very poetically and, and wonderfully kind of addresses this issue. It's, it's quite wonderful. Is, okay. So I have theories on that. <laughs> because okay. i i've thought about that a lot too so there's all of this 
anecdotal evidence for like ghosts and you know bigfoot cryptids all the other things and how is it that we have the same stories throughout cultures throughout history mm-hmm. um and these people are spread across the world had no ways of communicating there wasn't really the travel unless there's something there and so i do a lot of study of chaos magic Mm-hmm. And so that's down at like the quantum levels of reality. And in that you, you start to think about parallel and alternate realities. And I wonder if um, every time you make a decision, yeah, your life could go A, B, C, D, you make the decision. And so you go B. So then your reality shifts. Mm-hmm. Are these sightings and the ghosts or whatever and deja vu even is that an intersection where the two realities are like thin and something comes through or is it we get like a glimpse through a window into another reality and then it shifts again like it's just something i thought about a lot i mean i kind of yes to both i first of all who knows right like nobody knows. yeah exactly but, we'll never know until we know you know i think th- yes to both and then sometimes i think like we're getting time loops um i don't think time necessarily works the way we think it works i think we we organize it linearly so we don't go insane basically but time is probably circular it's circular or it's i was thinking like a ribbon folded over on itself Mm -hmm. like this and and some places it's thinner and and you know you might be getting glimpses of the past and the future Brian Lumley talks about that in his um, Necroscope series. It's a vampire series. And he talks about um, this man who's like a a vampire hunter or whatever. And he travels through, um, I would never say it right, Mavis, Mavis time, M-O-I-B-U-S, where it's the strip that goes back on each other. And it's all one side. Yes, Mobius. Thank you. Um, but he travels through that reality. And so he's able to bend realities, whether it's time or physicality, so that he can travel throughout universes, throughout the planet, throughout time. And it's really interesting. It's like that concept is kind of what started me where I am now, because I read that book when I was probably 14, 15. And I've just been kind of trying to figure that stuff out ever since yeah i mean but the problem with any of this stuff is i don't think we ever get to find the answers like you have to be you have to be willing to kind of realize like no one's going to solve it like i'm not going to solve it that i'm not going to solve these mysteries but do i like them yeah do do i want to explore them yeah you know it's it's part of mankind but i don't i don't think we get to solve them i really don't Mm -hmm. well it's a big thing in um i practice witchcraft And so it's a big thing in that time, like I said, is circular, but it's also a spiral. Mm. So as you are progressing throughout your life, you're progressing like the year does in a wheel, but you also, as you learn things about yourself, you go inward and in order to understand yourself or anything at all, you go inward and then you travel back outward again. And you, you always past points where you had been 
in your learning. And if you can acknowledge that, okay, I had this belief before, I'm at this step now, and now I believe this, or I still believe that, but I understand it in a different way, then you're able to overcome like biases and things like that that you had before or problems um, that you have like as a person with communicating or with like your temper or, you know, anything like that. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think, I think probably there's, there's probably similar equivalents in many spiritual practices. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like whether it's mandala work or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, name the tradition, but, uh, but yeah, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, yeah. I think a lot of the, a lot of traditions will, will tell you too, that, that time isn't exactly like you think it is. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a philosopher, I'm going to say, renaissance era philosopher and i will not remember his name but he came up with this idea that he was almost uh, executed for coming up with this idea from the church just didn't like it because it was so bizarre at the time it's very much like science fiction but he basically said that for humans to have free will and for god to know everything god has to live outside of time so in other words we're, we're kind of in the time bubble making our own decisions and having free will but he's kind of living you know, outside of time and knowing everything and kind of seeing all times at once. Really, really interesting. I always thought it was a, a wonderful concept. But uh, yeah, like I said, it, um, he almost got, I think, killed from the, you know, the Catholic Church for, for coming up with that. Yeah, I think. And how is that even blasphemous? I don't get it. Anything that was against whatever was at the time, you know, this is. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh, it yeah. wasn't what the priests were teaching, I guess. Like that seems obvious to me that God would be separated out of everything. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. partially. I mean, you know, untouchable. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I guess yeah. that's also. Right. It's, it's hard to. Uh... But he's here, but not here. Right. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> you guys are all like intellectual, and I'm like throwing in. <laughs> Yeah. It's not like you're stupid, Sarah. <laughs> you're very smart. <laughs> I just think, uh, like, I'm really good at uh, coming up with things in my head, but not as good as articulating them, I think. Writing that, them, but not talking. Well, that comes with practice, too. Like, I was, oh, boy, the beginning of the podcast, I used to get, like, terrified, like, calling up people to do interviews and stuff. It's, yeah. oh, my God, I, I worry and worry and worry. Or if I had an interview, like the first time I went on coast to coast, I think I, you know, had visit the bathroom for probably two hours before I was on coast. Yeah, that would stress me out so bad. I get that nervous stomach too. <laughs> um, there's a reason, uh, I was going to say, Tara, that we had you on as our first guest. It's because we know you and we're familiar with you and it's easy to talk to you. It's not like we oh, had okay. a, a relative stranger, like we had you on because you have interesting stuff to talk about, but also because it's not like we're talking to a celebrity or whatever. We're just talking to our friends. Right. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at right now. That's like, you know, talking to you guys is relatively, I mean, I'm nervous just because I'm me, but um, I mean, and I have never talked to Tim before face to face. So that's weird. Even though we've known each other for like 300 years, 300 years, but, 
And like Candy, I've already talked to you face to face. I'm nobody though. Like I'm just. Oh, no, I get nervous. You don't get it. I get nervous about everything. Like literally everything. So this is like an easy. I swear we talked on the phone once. We had a long, like a long phone conversation one time. Probably. Yeah. I, it, yes. You, you mentioned that a while ago before we did the podcast and I'm like, we did. And I, it must've been around like the black happy day stuff maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Or something, but, uh, or something, but, um, I mean, I've never seen your face, <laughs> you know, There's that makes reason. it harder. <laughs> it's just weird I don't know but um but like I you know I'm just gonna have my friends on people that I already know like my friend Stephanie she's like yeah I'll do it and Vicky and whatever and then I'll ease up to people that maybe you know I don't know before you know it you'll have Robert Smith on oh my god can I be on that show too (laughs) I'll just sit in the back you can do the you don't even know I am such a fan of oh, Rob. Yeah. like I follow everything he does I don't I don't really so much now something happened to me when I like I got in a band like I used to be like obsessive about stuff and you know have to read every article and buy every album and this and that and then when like I got involved with music it becomes sort of weirdly work related somehow it's the same thing that happened to me with reading like I used to read like two or three books a week and then once I started like writing more I find I can't concentrate on other people's stuff as well and it sounds super self-centered but I think it's not trust me it just becomes like an extension of work because I'm always reading my own stuff constantly and then I, I'm, I don't know if either one of you experienced that, but it, the no. same happened to me with music where I absolutely love music. I just obsess over it like I used to because it's like, it, it's this weird stress thing that happens to me. So like, I like to listen to podcasts and I like to like watch stuff that you would never, like YouTube drama videos, which have nothing to do with who I am as a human being, but that's what I, it's like complete escapism. And I think, I, I don't remember, I was telling somebody the other day that like I get so stressed out about everything that in like my my job is so complicated with numbers and this and that and the other that like I don't want to watch or read anything deep because I just don't have the capacity at the end of the day. So I'm yeah, just like watching Dark Shadows rerun, you know, obviously reruns and um stupid crap because my brain is just like you've got way too much information in there right now like chill out focus on something that takes literally zero brain power so i i love i love podcasts obviously like right so i love podcasts so much i started a podcast right and i was a podcast fiend before like and i didn't find them that long before I, i probably found them like a year before i started my own and uh, started listening. I was going through like a hard time. And I just couldn't sleep at night. Just had just bad time in my life. And uh, I, w- I was looking for something to listen to. And I found Sasquatch Chronicles, which remains one of my favorite podcasts. And uh, I started listening and, and I was able to like go back to sleep then, you know, because yeah. what would happen is I'd, I'd wake up at like two in the morning. And I, I just wouldn't be able to get back to sleep. 
I'd be just so stressed out. But this would give me something to concentrate on enough to like calm right. down and, and get back to sleep. So I started just loving podcasts and, and just seeking out all these different podcasts and everything. Well, then I started making one. It was okay until I went weekly. So for a while, I was doing them every other week. And then once I went weekly, people will constantly message me like, hey, did you listen to this podcast? Did you listen to this podcast? Did you listen to this podcast? And I just, I can't. I said, I, it, it's exhausting. Like people send me music all the time. Like, oh, you'd love this. You'd love this. And I'm like, I may or may not love it. I don't know. My music taste is weird. But like, I physically can't make myself listen. Like, it's just too much. I can't do it. I like it. Yeah. There's only so much room. And it's very limited space anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially like, so everything in my life is, is, is paranormal and I'm not complaining. Like I get to do what I love, but right. you know, I'm doing artwork. I'm doing, I'm writing books. I'm doing the podcast. I'm, I'm guessing on other people's podcasts. I'm promoting my books on radio shows and podcasts. Sometimes at the end of the day, I want nothing to do with the paranormal. Right. You know, I want to just give me a stupid comedy exactly. to look at or give me a lot of times I'll listen to political podcasts just at night, just for something else, because it's like, yeah. You can't just have a steady diet of, of so just it's not just me then. It's the same it's the same thing. That's the exact same thing that I go through with like reading and and anything with depth to it. Mm. And <laughs> because I love stuff. Like I love like we just recently watched um Raised by Wolves and yeah. it's so freaking good. And like you can literally take frame by frame and analyze it. And I love that kind of stuff. But if I'm like in a mood where I've got too much going on, I cannot watch that because it's too deep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or I, I just watched The Burbs yesterday. So I get it. Because yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's good, stupid fun. Because um, yeah. the amount of research that goes into, like I'm working on something for Two Women Left Unsupervised about Fort Hood. And so there's so much to that and it's so heavy, man. Yeah. And there's just so many things that were done wrong. And I, I find that I, I'll learn about something, like I'll learn about a specific case of a specific soldier over a day or two. And then I have to not mm -hmm. yeah. because it's, I mean, part of it is I was in the army. And I was oh, a non-commissioned officer and I was in leadership and our job as leadership is to protect our soldiers and take care of them. And that's just not, it was not happening. And it just, it made me, there's, there's times I've been doing this research. It's made me physically sick. Mm -hmm. And so it's taken me months to work on this now. Um, and yeah, so that's when I started getting involved with the Jeffree Star drama and yes, the, yes all the makeup drama and yeah. Oh God! Seems like I don't know anything that you're talking about right yeah. now. He's on YouTube. It's yeah. Don't it's waste just, your time. Yeah, don't. It's I mean, unless you need a break, because. It is I don't engaging. Think that's the it's kind of break he'd enjoy. It's high school drama nonsense. <laughs> like lots From of backbiting and yeah. Is this a small community? Like a small like No, it's actually Jeffrey, Jeffrey Star is one of the like 
biggest makeup brands, I guess, in the world, mm. allegedly. So he According says. to him. Yeah. We should probably not say this stuff. We'll get like copyright strikes or something. Bleep anyway. his name out. Yeah. <laughs> Lord There's Voldemort. Name, by the way. Other people call him Lord Voldemort when they talk about him. <laughs> don't look, Tim. Just don't look. I don't look. I'm it's like a forgot. car crash. <laughs> so you do ton like both of you guys kind of do the same sort of thing, just different uh sort of different subject matter, slightly different subject matter. Because you guys, you and Susie do a lot of um, paranormal stuff on your show, too. We do. And we talk about, like, metaphysical things and crystals and witchcraft and magic and ghost stories. And, yeah. But I don't know. I think he's a lot more well-researched than we are sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you guys kind of do, like, kind of personal stuff that relates to yes. you a lot. And like yeah, because well, he does that too. We wanted it. We wanted our show to be something where people can just come and they're hanging out with me in my room or my kitchen or Susie in her office as we're sitting there and we're just shooting the shit basically, like just having a conversation. Like the other day, Wednesday, we shot a pajama party where we just both rolled out of bed <gasps> at like. That. we can do that again <laughs> but we just both rolled out of bed and like brushed our teeth well I brushed my teeth she's questionable um, <laughs> but no we like and then we just got coffee and started talking like that's just we want it to be accessible and fun and just something again that if you're having trouble sleeping at night or whatever you can just watch us go off on tangents like we do with our squirrel brains because we end up we start out we're going to talk about like the buponic plague in southeast asia in 1342 and we end up talking about squirrel traps in 2020 and the best way to keep birds off your feeders like <laughs> you never know we could go anywhere that's funny that's the uh the good and the bad thing about working without the editing net and i'm i'm very comfortable with that net myself but uh, it's, i don't know yeah I, I, it, it's a, I wish i could be more free sometimes and just kind of go yeah well it's susie's job to edit so mm. i just write the taglines and descriptions and show up <laughs> does she edit much almost almost not at all yeah, it's like a complete conversation. It is, and there's you don't your podcasts don't sound edited to me. I, yeah, me either. I thought they were just all. No, there's a there's a lot of editing. I do a lot of editing. Well, you can't tell. Like it doesn't sound like anything's cut to me at all. So good job. Yeah, it's very smooth. Yeah, I'm I'm super anal retentive i guess about that i'm very well you're probably super used to editing just from recording music and everything so yeah although i've done way more since starting a podcast than i ever did with music yeah. i mean most, most of the stuff with with music like i don't use every now and then i'll use a loop but for the most part like i'd say 90 percent of everything i've done what you hear is just me playing playing it through in the studio 
you know, yeah. after, it might be 50 takes before I get it right. But, right. you know, I'm not punching in usually. I'm just, I just don't have the patience to learn how to do that. Yeah. So I just hit record and play it till I get it right. So I have a question, like a music question now that um, I think about it. When you guys are getting ready to like go into the studio and record, how much rehearsal do you do? Oh God, zero. I don't really. Know. No, you know, well, it used to be where uh, back in the day, like if, if, if it was one of my songs, Mike would make a tape for me and then I would literally lay on the floor and just hammer it, hammer it, hammer it, hammer it and write lyrics and practice for probably a week or something. And then we'd go and record it. Um, some of the stuff we worked out actually uh, on tour. So by the time we got back, it was like hammered in and then we would record it. But the past like decade, I guess, um, a lot of the stuff, Mike will just be playing acoustic guitar around the house. And then I'll just naturally start singing to it like because I can't not sing to stuff. And that's how we've kind of been doing it the past few years. So the rehearsal is just kind of doing it around the house. It's not like any kind of official whatever. And then we're like you, Tim, where we'll just keep hammering it until we get it. Although he's like really good at editing, <laughs> but we do a lot of electronic stuff and everything. So you kind of have to balance that in there, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Did you guys ever record it at a you know, quote unquote real studio? You know, like a no. See, really? that's, that's an advantage though. That like yeah. because you're in control. You're not and, paying for it for one thing. So if it takes you 15 years to get a recording done, you've not paid for anything and you can just hammer it and hammer it and hammer it. Yep. And nobody else is touching your stuff, no producers in there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's the like if I if I was going into a real studio, which I've done, I've recorded maybe two times in a real studio and, and for other people usually, um, I would practice the heck out of it because you're paying for that time. You I would be so practiced, like, but be, because I can record it at home, I might practice it, you know, maybe a week, like you said, and then yeah. just and now it's time to record, you know. Right, completely. Mm -hmm. How many instruments do you play, Tara? Me? None. I thought you did keyboards and stuff as well, well as the vocals. I mean, I'm a very good trained monkey. Literally, um, Mike showed me the songs. I learned them. I'm not a musician. I mean, uh, I played all the instru instruments on my solo releases, but it would be like a handful of silverware that I throw down or like a bowl of rice. Or like some wind chimes or like playing with um sample like discs or whatever um wait so are you saying that you thought about what would sound good together and then like put it together almost like a musician would <laughs> i mean I, <laughs> nobody plays the silverware unless you're a spoon man i guess but <laughs> whatever i play my vocal cords yeah you do how many do you play to? If it's got strings and it's not a fiddle, I will play it. I'm not I mean, saying look at, look at his wall. I don't play it right. Yeah. 
like quote unquote right like there's like i've had like guitar teachers and stuff will see me playing they're like what are you doing like <laughs> what are you doing so i'm self-taught at everything but i found a, a way that i can i can play anything with strings pretty like i said other than a fiddle i don't i don't get the bowing thing i wish i did i'd love to be able to play it but i just don't my daughter yeah, does. I, I see a mandolin back there and then a banjo and there's guitars there's a guitars. mostly banjos of one sort or another and and mm -hmm. uh, that's a it's a lute body guitar up there it's not a lute. oh okay it looks hmm. that's neat does that sound different like how different does that sound than a regular guitar it's got like a, a regular acoustic it's it's got more of like a like a um earthy kind of low tone to it which i i tune low anyway so but it's uh I like Middle Eastern like the oud. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I, I love that sound, but it's completely different from Western instruments. It's you know it's wonderful, but I, I it's easier to play a guitar with a. It's essentially got an oud body on a guitar, uh, uh, so. Oh, okay. So I can you know it's much easier for for me to just play that. I do have an oud, but it's on the other side of the room. If I try to turn the camera, it's I'm going to knock down the microphone. I'll let you slide. <laughs> post a picture of it to her later <laughs> that'd be cool but yeah no i get it about the self-taught because i taught myself all of my art and all my other techniques and stuff and so i've been taking art classes now for the first time in my life and i'm like i guess i've been doing all this stuff wrong i didn't know i wasn't supposed to use this paint with that paint and over this and did it work uh, it looked good too. Exactly. All that <laughs> you know, one thing I yeah. remember Jarbo, like reading that Jarbo said was that, you know, she went, she's classic, she's a classically trained vocalist. And what she said was that she had to unlearn all of that. Because, mm -hmm. like, there's, I mean, training is obviously good, like technique and all that stuff. But sometimes just being raw and. Mm doing it from the heart and it's not tech technically accurate mm -hmm. is more effective. like I would rather hear somebody sing imperfectly but passionately over someone who's got a perfect vocal and there's literally no emotion in it whatsoever yeah that's that's yeah, my issue with a lot of classical music I love like early music but it's so like pitch perfect and I just don't think that's the way it was back in the middle ages right. they, it was probably yeah. a lot more than that. Um, it lacks soul. Speaking of unlearning something, I had a friend um, who became very interested in flamenco guitar. He was, I met him when he was real young. He was, he was actually a, a brother of a friend of mine. He was probably, I went probably like 14 or something when I met him. And he developed this incredible style of playing like flamenco, but it wasn't the real way you play flamenco. And he had come up and it was really unique really really interesting and unique based on just basically like kind of how he heard flamenco right and uh he was an excellent musician he got accepted to a college i think in new mexico it's like one of the only colleges that had like an official like flamenco like you know program or something and before he went off to school i, I said i said let me record you playing now because right. you're going to lose that they're going to beat it out of you Right. And he was like, well, 
I don't know. He ended up asking his mom and his mom was basically like, what are you going to pay us to record? I'm like, I'm just, I just want to document this. I'm not, I'm not trying to get rich and no one's going to get rich off of, you know, your son's flamenco playing, but so it didn't happen. I didn't record him, but what he went off to college and then it was gone because they just just beat. Now he's a fantastic guitar player and he plays real flamenco now and he's, he's excellent, but he, that original unique style that he developed on his own is, is, is gone. Yeah. Well, even if you think about like bands, like if you think about the post-punk bands, a lot of them, their raw early stuff was so much better than when they went slick. You know, they got, they, they mm-hmm. became better musicians and like lost all of the thing that drew you to that in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think being better technically doesn't necessarily mean that you're better at showing people the way that you see or feel or hear the world yeah like and that's all i want to do i want to show people how i see things right yeah i think for for you know an excuse if i offend anybody i'm sorry but you know i generally cook like weirdo people right we're not like the average people we're not like others no I think the way a lot of weirdo people connect with the outer world is, is through creations of one sort or another. Like mm-hmm. you, we're socially awkward or whatever it is. We can't just like walk into the, you know, cheerleading squad and be like, yay, I'm one of you, whatever. <laughs> so I think a lot of the way we connect with people is, th- is through creations and stuff. And, uh, so I think that's really important and I completely lost my train of thought beyond that, but it had something to do with what you were saying. <laughs> no, I think, I think um, that's, that's viable because a lot of us don't fit in socially and we are so awkward. It's our way of expressing ourselves and also finding our people. Mm. Kind oh, yeah. of. Like, you know, like I've had deeper conversations with, other creatives than I've had with people that have philosophy degrees and we're talking about the same sort of concepts Mm -hmm. because we were never taught how or what we weren't taught what to think we learned how Mm -hmm. to, to learn this stuff on our own and so we were able to form our own ideas without being told well, this is what that person is saying. We were actually able to let them speak to us and or decide for ourselves out. what we heard. What's that? I said, or figure it out for yourselves. Because, I mean, I, I don't read books about philosophy, but I certainly know that I sit around philosophizing too much, probably. Mm-hmm. You don't have to learn something. I mean, it's good to have knowledge, obviously. And like some, someone, some people can really sit down and articulate something that you have an inkling about, but that doesn't make them more right than you. Right. You know what I mean? So So that's one of the things that always irritated me in school would be, you know, I I distinctly remember being in like English class. We had to read some poem. I have no idea what the poem was at this point, but she's asking us for our interpretations and we would give them to her and she'd say, no, that's wrong. Like how how, how, how is it that's wrong? Like how why first of all, why are you asking for my interpretation if you're gonna tell me I'm wrong? But it's like maybe the poet had a specific thing, but it's just like with music, like you can 
you can write lyrics that are deeply personal to you and you know exactly what every single word means. Somebody else listens to it and it means completely something different. You mm -hmm. can't tell that person they're wrong. Exactly. There's to them. There's a the same thing with like, in, you know, time theory or alternate dimensions. Mm -hmm. There's no right or wrong to it. Like you can't tell somebody the ribbon thing is wrong or the cyclical thing is wrong or the linear thing is wrong. Like there's no way of knowing. So you can read about it all day long and people can like memorize facts and like know names of philosophers and this and that and the other. Or you can just live life and feel it naturally in like your being. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Agreed. Yeah, I got no arguments. I know nothing about that. <laughs> I think um, it, it's interesting that you said, because there's certain things that you can hear. We'll never know what that poet meant unless they specifically sat down and said, okay, well, I wrote this poem and the heart is a metaphor for right. life and the, the freaking stream is a metaphor for time and falling leaf is death and like we don't know unless right. they said so and so what you read and what you get from it is going to be deeply personal because it's all going to depend on what we've experienced right. in our lives what we've seen of the world and different cultures because i think that matters a lot too um what you know about different cultures um kind of colors the way that you view everything because if all you know is say midwestern american culture you're not necessarily going to be able to relate very well to someone who grew up in eastern europe like right. you might speak the same language like you might both be able to speak read and comprehend english but you weren't understand nuances of certain words the same way and their experience of the world is going to be very different than yours like we can be very poor in the united states and be considered to be unbelievably wealthy in mm -hmm. somewhere in like sub-saharan africa like it's all your well, perception the way you perceive the world is your reality of the world and that's going to color everything. Speaking to that, what you were saying about the, you know, would not know what the poet means unless the poet tells us. Even like Tolkien in The Lord of the Rings, he emphatically denied that the ring was a symbol for the A-bomb. He said, no, that's not, I didn't write it for that reason. And yet, huh. and yet you could read it and it's a perfect symbol for the A-bomb. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like if, if you, so yeah, he didn't intend for it to be that, but you know, was it something that was just culturally in the background, you know, that, that yeah. happened? That's really funny. Like, I know for myself, like, <clears throat> when I write, I don't always know what any of it means. Mm -hmm. you, it's Until I come out of you that came from someplace. I can't, there's certain lyrics, like people will ask me what that a certain song is about. And I'm just like, generally speaking, love and death. That's the general gist of pretty much every single thing I write. But like mm -hmm. word for word, like line for line, sometimes I it came from someplace. It meant something somewhere, and I'm just ushering yeah. it along. 
<laughs> the path. I don't know. It's mm -hmm. weird. Yeah, you get into that flow. I I think like sometimes I'll get into a flow and I won't remember time passing or touching a pen or a paintbrush or anything. And then it'll be 12 hours later, I'm starving, I need to pee and there's something in front of me. And I'm like, well, all right, like I get it. it yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, it just kind of flows. And like, are you being some kind of conduit or, I mean, I don't know, maybe. Possibly. Sort of Why automatic not? writing painting whatever i don't know it's what one of my favorite musicians a, a folk musician named robin Williamson. he was saying like basically he was talking about his songs he said the music comes from the universe he said i just try not to get in the way too much i thought that yeah. was, that was pretty, that's brilliant yeah it's yeah. kind of like that with my books like i have vague ideas what's gonna happen but i like literally it, I just start writing and wherever they go is where they go. Like I have a vague, I like the one I'm working on right now. I literally have no idea what the hell they're doing. It's so what? weird. It's, it's Susie also writes and she tells me that her characters basically tell her what they're going to do. I mean, they don't like, I like, don't hear a voice in my ear, but they well, no, not like that, but they, they just sure. like, they make their own choices it's like it's not like she sits and says okay well at this point i'm gonna have them do this or whatever it's they make their own choices 100%. And, and then like i'll read i do a, a lot of editing and stuff for her and i'll read it and i'll be like okay well you know this is great but you know continuity wise you're gonna have to figure out how to make that work because two books ago you had that character doing this at that time and you know yeah but yeah, it is. I mean, it is weird. And and it's like, I almost feel like they're always back there pacing, like, okay, it's my turn. Start writing, you stupid, lazy bitch. Like, <laughs> Do they call you that? Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, that's probably me calling myself that. But yeah, no, but I always feel like they're just caged animals waiting to get out. Like, it's weird. When I hear you, like, talk about fiction and, and you know privately we've discussed this and i've just said it like i just i'm just struggle with it right like i feel i guess i f i feel like when when people ask me like how do you draw how do you do that it's like i it just i just do i don't know right and, and it reminds me kind of reminds me of that because it's like i hear you talking about it and i get it but at the same time it's not my like i just writing nonfiction is so much easier to me. It's just- I can't do that. It's just, you find the facts and you put the facts down and then you- Can't do it. If you're lucky, there's a story that goes with the facts. And and it's just there. And I, well, I love doing research anyway. I'll, I'll spend my whole life researching if I can. But uh, but boy, I wish I I, uh, I could write fiction. We I do. Always, we always want to do what we can't do, I think. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Um, and see, I like my research will be like, I have an idea and I'll go Google search something real quick and read about it. Like it's like, you know, Norse gods or something. I want to incorporate that in some place or someone's telling me like, that's what that is. And I'll go look it up and I'll always be able to find something pretty quick, but I don't ever delve too deep into it. Cause I just quite frankly, don't have time and energy, but so I'm like envious of like you guys who constantly read and like can retain all this stuff. 
because it go like it'll go i get vibes and like textures of things and like moods and stuff but i can't like recall the facts of it like i can't tell you names and like anything like that but i get the like the you understand the concepts in a way that some it. people that can tell you the names and dates or whatever don't understand mm -hmm. yeah you're very like emotionally smart that's I important feel like i have a really good handle on like empathy and being able to feel things but as far as like dictating actual facts and knowledge and all that stuff i'm like i mean it's it's for me it's kind of like it's a combination of nerd mind and what you love kind of sticks for me so like when i was a little kid i knew the name of like every superhero and their alter ego and and you know yeah. i could tell you you know where they lived and what what city they were in and every little detail about them but i couldn't remember my multiplication charts right right um now it's like i have weirdly encyclopedic mind about like bigfoot encounters like i can't always tell you exactly the name of the person but i could just like yeah i remember that encounter and this is what happened and these are the yeah. details of it it's the same. It's just nerd brain. I think it's just like, this yeah. is something that matters to me. So I'm going to, I, I will retain. This. You guys like, but it, it's intimidating to people like me because like you guys, like I'm, I know I say this all the time. I'm always like, I'm so dumb, whatever. I know I'm not dumb, but like, like Mike is like next level. He can tell you a, every date and what happened on it in our lives, clear back to the, when we met and beyond. And like, <laughs> just anything about geography and you know all this stuff he's like super freaking big brain person you guys i get the same vibe you guys know all the stuff you're like this book this author this thing blah 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 and i'm just like <laughs> i don't you know you also tend to ask me about stuff i like to talk about and that i enjoy knowing about like you haven't asked me about stuff that i just have no interest in right true so true but yeah you know it's not like you're asking a fish to climb a tree so <laughs> well climb one i don't know, I don't no, like I don't know. <laughs> so who has who has the longest hair tara how long is your hair um it's braided though so it's actually longer than this we um, all Look at us hair farmers. Yeah. <laughs> I think yours. I think his is the longest. Ours might be the same. Yeah, I just, I cut mine. So it's only down to my waist. Oh, yours might be longer then. Mine's down to the base of, like, bottom of my back or whatever. So yours is longer. I think mine's probably, probably about I'm, as long. It's terrible. I'm counting... Like mine's to like my bottom of my rib cage, my waist, oh. not like my hips. Depends where you wear your pants, where your waist is, right? No, actually, <laughs> there's a real waist. My mother always used to say, "Like, why do you wear your pants so low?" Like, I don't know. That's where they they fit. <laughs> it's where they go. <laughs> yeah, we're a bunch of hair farmers. Mm-hmm. I think I Tara's just, hair's the thickest. I don't know. You know what? Um, 
a ton of my hair fell out after I had Dirk and it's never really fully recovered. Mm -hmm. Kind of a bummer. I take hair vitamins though. Me too. And I just started putting jojoba oil in it. Yeah? It's the only way I can get a freaking brush through it. Ah. Uh, I use WD-40. <laughs> Manly. Because I'm a man. Yeah. I, my I favorite scene from king of the hill is where where, where uh hank is trying to he's working on the house and he gets out the can of wd-40 and it won't open so he gets out a little can of wd-40 <laughs> i love that show That's oh it's fantastic show. it's fantastic we um started watching it with dirk and um you know some of the stuff i'm like he probably shouldn't be watching this like we won't watch like family guy or anything like that because that's just too he's nine I don't need to be explaining some of that humor to my mm. year old, but he he likes it. But he's more um, Bob's Burger. We like we watched all of regular show and like Adventure Time and. Oh, I love Adventure Time. Yeah, it's so good. Great show. So Gravity good. Falls. That we watched that r repeatedly, multiple mm -hmm. times. I saw us uh, too. Susie's keychains in her the video the other day. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good show. Do you know that one? I know people have told me about it. I know there's like there's like monsters and stuff in it, right? Yeah, you know, absolutely like, watch it. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's people... like Strange Familiar is in a cartoon because there's wow. like Bigfoot and like gnomes and the it's... Illuminati and yeah, there's like a time demon and yeah, all kinds Empire, of cool stuff. Goth kids. <laughs> yeah. And they're like gother than goth too. Yeah. Well, they're more emo, I guess. Yeah. Ooh, we should start a goth debate. Uh-oh. Get the internet all pissed off and fired up. Ooh, let's do it. That'll be fun. I have, uh, get... I, I put uh, cherry, um, we got cherry concentrate. I put a couple of drops in my water, so. That's oh. Very I just have ice in mine. Why it's my water is, is purple. It's very goth. What is it? Is that Mad Dog 5050 or whatever it's called? 2020. <laughs> 2020. Is that what it is? You're so know. innocent and pure. <laughs> I am. You kind of are. I have water. And vitamin water. Oh, wow. Fancy. I have water and ice. You're as cold as ice. That's my favorite goth song. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I kind of like um, Wake Me Up Before You Go by Wan. That's that's mm -hmm. a good goth song. Yeah, very moody. Yeah. <laughs> Color Me Bad. Oh. Which one? Uh, There's such I a catalog. I want to set you up. Who sang? Who sang Mr. Telephone Man? Uh, Mr. Telephone. What was it? Man. Oh, New Edition, Allison. New says. Edition, yeah. Is Something that... wrong with my line. That's it. I used to. Um, I used to be a telephone man, and uh, <laughs> I went. There was this car dealership I did the phone work for, and there was this uh, uh, lovely black woman who worked there. And every time I'd show up, she'd sing Telephone Man, Mr. Telephone Man. And uh, 
one day I came in and, and she didn't sing it. And I'd been working there for a little while. And I was like, hey, aren't you going to sing to me? And well, her boyfriend was there and he got so mad. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I didn't know it was her boyfriend. I mean, but uh, mm, aggro yeah. much? Like, yeah, right. It's not necessary. Yeah. Well, not, not my business. I was just, yeah. Joking. Not my business. Mm, that's funny. It's before I was a professional wizard. <laughs> you were, you were uh, working your way there. Are you are you a real wizard though? Do you have like a staff and like a crystal ball? Uh oh. He said we were gonna do show and tell. Oh really? I'm not prepared. I know. Oh wait, maybe I am. I'm like looking around. What can I get? I know what I'll show. This is my walking stick. Where's the camera? Oh, cool. Oh, nice. What it is is, uh, so up here is, I've carved a, I'm not good at showing things. I don't know where the camera is. There. You have to put your hand behind it. Up like, here, I, yeah. I carved a skull. Mm -hmm. And then I've oh, cool. wood burnt. Oh, cool. Oh, that's nice. Immaculate heart. And then tattoo. goes down here. And this is. Oh, my God. Is that Latin? The, yeah, the entire lyrics in Latin. We do a, a Latin chant in one of the Stonebreast songs. And this is the, the entire lyrics oh in Latin. Oh, my gosh. Wrap around. <laughs> and these, uh, this is um, It's called green stain fungus. When I was little, there was a tree. So I've inlaid pieces of that. When I was little, there was a tree near my house and an older kid told me that this tree, it would creak in the wind. And we've called it the witch tree. So anyway, it's a great oh, big, this, I've done nice. the whole thing. So this is, this, that's my walking stick. This kid told me that the, there was a witch that was killed in that tree. This tree would creak in the wind. It was a dead tree. And uh, I became obsessed with it when I was a kid. I just loved the story that, that, so he said there was a witch that was hanged from it and her soul was in the tree and the creaking was her like saying spells or something trying to get oh my out. God. Nice. It was about like a quarter mile from my house. And I grew up on a road called Dark Hollow Road. So I was completely obsessed with this tree, really, really fascinated with it. We called it the witch tree. Every Halloween, I would like try to get up the nerve to actually go up and touch it. And I, I never did. I never got up the nerve. I would get, get next to it and I hear it start creaking. I'd, I'd run away. But I love this thing. As an adult, one day I was uh, driving to my dad's farm and I saw it had fallen. You know, it was dead for years and it broke apart. And inside was this, was this green kind of wood. And uh, th these are pieces of it in, actually inlaid into my walking stick. Oh my so I God. Grab, I That's so them. cool. So it's, you finally uh, touched it as a grown up. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it's called green stain fungus. It's actually they used it for inlay in the Middle Ages because it was this, it's this nice green wood. But um, yeah, so that's that's there's there's pieces of the, of the witch tree inlaid into my my walking staff. Does it feel haunted? It's it's completely protected. Like honestly, it's like it's covered with protection symbols, and that's why it has the immaculate heart on there and stuff. Because I'm a, I'm big with Mary, um, but I, I mean. 
I'm super superstitious. I will not hike without it. That's what I had when the rabid raccoon attacked me. And I don't know how. He got attacked by rabid. Um, what was it? It was a cat and he wasn't really rabid, but I did get sick. <laughs> so that's kind of how we became friends, right? It is. It is. Because I've been a fan for a long time. And then, you know, a mutual friend, Susie, that I do the YouTube channel with. And you know, um, you know Susie? Yeah, I, I introduced them to each other because they live like kind of close. Yeah, we oh. could we could probably hang out. I mean, were it not a pandemic. Yeah. Or were you both not antisocial? Yeah, I mean, there's that. That's a big obstacle. Well. I mean, I'm selectively social. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, true. Yeah. But um, so I have two dogs. And one is a husky and one is just like this little brown dude, right? And we were outside one night about, what, three years ago-ish? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, about three years ago. And um, I take them outside and they're barking. And I was like, what is going on over there? And it's just like starting to get dark. And I see that there's like something over there. So I go over to pull them off of it because I don't want them to kill whatever it is, right? And it's this cat. And I pulled them. Just animals. I like animals. I don't like people. I like animals. But um, I pull them off. You know, they listen. And I'm like, back, back, you know, sit. And this cat looks at me just with this malevolence and launches itself and, like, scratches my hand up. I have scars. Mm. Scratches me, bites me. Um. And so we don't know whose cat this is and it's a feral cat. So yeah, of course I have to go to the hospital and I had to get rabies shots. Oh my God. I legit had to get rabies treatments. So the joke was that maybe I contracted rabies, but I did end up getting an infection. And because I have um, autoimmune diseases, it got really bad. And I ended up in the VA hospital. And so the joke was, is that I was in the VA hospital getting experimented on to see if I got like the super rabies and would become a werewolf <laughs> or something. And so um, Susie wanted me, really, really wanted me to rest because I tend to not do that. And so she had people, she had authors that she knows sending me books to read and Tara sent me her entire catalog <laughs> which was awesome 30,000 pages worth of uh, whatever it was fantastic I, I loved every friggin word of it loved every bit of it it was great and so yeah and I think the first thing I said to you was like listen thank you so much for the books but are you that Sarah, <laughs> and then yeah i had to be stupid for a minute and then we were fine after that well it was nice to have actual insight from somebody <laughs> so rare <laughs> and like someone correcting my grammar and stuff oh goodness <laughs> you know you edit your own books though right um, I edit Susie's books. I do a little light editing and sometimes content editing for Tara sometimes, but mm -mm. I, edit, I edit other people's books. 
I don't write. That's not a skill that I have. Um, I'm really good at researching. I'm really good at like presenting this is what happened and when, or this is a great idea and it would be neat if this happened, but I can't. Nope. Yeah, that's, you know. Yeah. Hey, edit, editing is a valuable thing. It is. Bless, it is. bless the editors because uh, <laughs> my books are much better because of it. I actually love editing. I love it. Yeah. I'm weird. I don't know. I do it for our manuals and stuff in, at work too. And like people's emails sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you have to show us, Tara? Um... I don't know. The Christmas tree. <laughs> I don't know. There's nothing cool within arm's reach. Okay. Well, I, do you know what a besom is? I know you probably yeah. do. You, okay. So I'm making one. What is this? For, oh. It's a, a besom. I feel like the word's familiar, but I it's, don't. Okay. So it is like the witch's broom. And okay. usually they're they're kind of small and it's like a ritual item okay. that you use to metaphorically clear spaces. Mm -hmm. So I'm making one for, um, I'm going to be getting married. And so I'm making one for my new house as a couple because he lives in England. I live here. We're going to move in together and it's all going to be like fresh. So it's, I found. Are the you moving there or is he coming here? I'm going there. You're going there? Oh, awesome. She was there during the pandemic for like months. I was, I was stuck there for four months, yeah. Oh, Darn. Wow. Anyway, I'm sorry, continue with your, your, your Beeson story. No, it's okay. I do this all the time. We'll get mm -hmm. back. <laughs> we'll get back there eventually. Um, yeah, no, it was, a, it was sad because I was away from my kids and that was really hard, but it was nice. Like if I had to be stuck somewhere, it could be a much worse place. Um, cause I got, I actually got to the London, I got to Heathrow airport on the day of my flight out and my flight had been canceled to get to Heathrow airport from his house. I had just spent six hours traveling oh. on trains. Mm. I had contacted the airport that morning and heard, well, the airline. And heard nothing until I actually arrived at the airport. Hmm. So could you imagine if I was stuck there for four months and didn't have a place to stay? Right. Didn't have that support system. I can't imagine how some people. Yeah. Hmm. Who could afford that? I mean. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I don't know what you would do. Become a hoe. Swim. <laughs> become she says <laughs> i mean continue on as a hoe okay. yeah get better at it charge money <laughs> you really have to put in some work yeah <laughs> i had a girlfriend in college um and she's a lovely person but uh, we were laying around one day and i said we ought to we ought to go to England because I think we had just been we had driven up to um, Salem, Massachusetts, okay. and 
she had a little bit of money and like i remember she she told me i could just she was going to buy her dad's house and she's like you can just live here with me and like be an artist or whatever and just something about it seemed like i, I just i didn't feel good about that uh not because of her i felt like i was taking advantage of her in a, in a sense by what it so i didn't end up doing it but uh she had a little bit of money and you know this spending like basically if i was hanging out with her i probably only had to work part-time you know because she just she took care of the meals and stuff yeah mm -hmm. so it was it was a it was a fun time and like i said she's a lovely person i don't have a bad word to say about her but uh i said you know after we'd gone to salem i said you know we should go to england we should we should visit england and and she's like yeah let's do that and i said just completely joking i said can we take your car <laughs> and and she's like, I guess so. She's like, can you drive there? And I said, yeah, haven't you ever heard of the London Bridge? So. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> That's like, like, I'm really bad at geography, but I'm not that bad at geography. <laughs> That's wow. almost bad. I convinced my son the other day. He's 14, right? He says to me, just in random conversation, he was like, wouldn't it be cool if we all had theme music? I was like, wait a minute, you don't? <laughs> <laughs> I had him convinced that everyone in the world had theme music that was constantly playing for them and everybody had their own. Every time we a... walk into a room. <laughs> yeah, but it was it's always playing. Some people were born with a rare genetic disease where they didn't have it and they couldn't hear it. <laughs> also, it's like internal monologue themes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I had him convinced Poor for thing. a good 15 minutes. And then he goes and asks my brother. We live with my brother. And he's like, What? No. <laughs> what? Where on earth would you get that idea? <laughs> That's funny. I am like the worst mother ever. It, oh, so bad. The poor kid. Oh. My uh, the, my my kids are now old enough that where they're watching shows like like Always Sunny. I don't know if you you've you're an Always Sunny fan, but uh, there's a an episode where they it's not for kids for sure. Um, there's an episode where that it's called uh, what is it? The Night Man Cometh, and they put on a big a musical. And there's, mm -hmm. it's very inappropriate, completely. Don't watch it with your kids. Sounds but great. <laughs> there, there's, a, there's a part where uh, Danny DeVito's character says, you got to pay the troll toll. And it basically, he's, the, the lyric is, you got to pay the troll toll to get into this boy's soul. But as he's singing it, it sounds like you got to pay the troll toll to get into this boy's hole. <laughs> and it, and it's, it's this, the joke is that the character who wrote it may or may not have been abused as a child. Anyway, it's completely inappropriate. <laughs> but when my kids were little, whenever they would have candy or something, I would say, you got to pay the troll toll. And I'd, I'd take a piece of candy, you know, dad, you know, the other people call it dad tax. I said, you got to pay the troll toll. And I didn't even remember this. Ursula reminded me of this the other day. My wife, Allison, would say, like, stop that. That's completely inappropriate. Well, they don't know they they you know and all i would say is you got to pay the troll toll. Well, now, now they like they that they've seen right. the episodes they're like that's what you were talking about <laughs> when i was in eod school 
And actually, when I was in Germany as well, when I was in the military, I used to, I was one of the very few women around and we used to charge the troll toll <laughs> to females entering the barracks <laughs> before they went home on their walk of shame, Tara, like <laughs> the randoms. Okay. Yeah. yeah I had no idea what you're looking at, like, whole mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> good times good times yeah it was a good time mm -hmm. yep. bad parenting with Tim <laughs> yeah <laughs> I have oh. tips <laughs> follow me for my trips they're all right they, they turned out okay that's good. Why are you doing good? I didn't tell you yet. My daughter, Morgan, is 17 and a senior. And she's been applying to colleges. And she has so far heard to, back from two colleges. And she's been accepted to both. Awesome. She got accepted to Colorado State University and uh, Mount St. Mary's in Los Angeles. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Aww. Yeah, waiting to hear back from two schools in Hawaii. Oh, my God. Um, mm -hmm. And then she has several other schools that she's applied to um, here on the mainland. So, she's but her dream far. is the Hawaii school. So, she's going to go far away. Yeah. I mean, I'm moving out of the country. Eventually, like, eventually I, she'll visit and stuff, but she's going to move out eventually anyway. And, you know, so will my son, hopefully. See, I'm still like, don't ever leave the house. Like, you can stay for the rest of your life. I don't care. I kind of feel that way too, but I do realize at this point that I have to let them go because they're older right it's more real but yeah she got her um second acceptance today that's awesome mm, i'm really proud of her we always joke around with dirk because he says he's never leaving and we're like that's fine we're like well what happens when you're <laughs> what happens when you get married and he's always like well she could sleep on the floor and like we'll still have our bed <laughs> that would go over really well that's so we all still have our beds but she's on the floor in the living room that is so he is so pure i know you love so it because like when this whole pandemic thing started it was scary to him obviously because there was so much upheaval like he's yeah. not going to school anymore and this and that so we always did like couch campouts anywhere anyways where we would sleep on the couch and watch tv all night and stuff so he just started sleeping in bed with us again because who cares and um so we used to say like well where's your wife gonna stay you know and she mm -hmm. we're like all piled into the bed i'm like not sure that would go over real well with anyone yeah, that yeah. but i mean if he needs you yeah i don't we don't care i mean whatever yeah there's nothing wrong with it they're like 
there's cultures where whole families sleep in beds together and it's like grandparents all the way down to great grandchildren so yeah i mean first I mean, look, of all i get up at like 3 30 in the morning so i'm barely in there anyway look at the grandparents in willy wonka i mean exactly i mean they never left the bed completely never. until there was a golden ticket in the picture then he got right up grandpa joe was right up yeah <laughs> Yeah. No, Earth, Earth says she doesn't want to go. I, and and Gidden wants to get out of here the minute he possibly can. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think, like, it, there's such a part of every second of every day, I can't imagine, like, what would I do without him around here? Like, it's bizarre. Yeah. AJ yeah. wants to stay with mom forever. Yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Simon said he can have a room and he actually said well I was looking at because we want to move to Wales eventually and uh, he tells me so I was looking at houses and I think that possibly I could will be able to swing like a three or four bedroom house in Wales and that way there's a room for your sister meaning my little sister and there's one for AJ and there's one for my boys. And I was like, okay, yeah, that works. You know, and whoever decides not to live with us, I guess I'll use their room as my art studio. Fair for enough. Goats. For the goats. No, 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 no. The goats are going to have their own house. They get a barn. <laughs> You're not going to they... the house? Mm -mm. No, no. I don't think that. Like, he doesn't say no to much, but I, I don't think I could get him to agree to that. Indoor goats. Yeah, I mean, I have to be reasonable with my requests. I'm trying know. to convince him that I... Damage to houses. Like Yeah, yeah. I, well, I was trying to convince him that I need a miniature yeah. horse as a service animal, but that's not going over <laughs> well. I had a friend who moved into a house after people who owned a goat, an inside goat, lived there, and it was there was a lot of damage. Oh, I can only imagine. We had outside goats when I was a kid, and man, they will eat literally anything. Like it's not a joke when they show them in old cartoons, like eating tin, tin cans beans. and stuff, because they'll try. Mm. They're so cute, though. Oh, I love them. I love them. They're even cuter when you put them in pajamas. <laughs> yes. Goats in pajamas is the best thing ever. Yeah. And they hop. Mm hmm I had a friend who her mother bred, um, like, top of the line, I don't know what you call it, like, uh, Siamese cats. And, in fact, uh, uh, Barishnikov came to her house one time to, to buy one of her cats oh my like, gosh. Like that's that, cool. that kind of high-end stuff but at some point she started with in with these other animals and at one point she was breeding like pygmy goats and they were so cool they were tiny they were about the size of a puppy it's so unexpected because they'll like come up to you they're very friendly and they'll put their but they have little hooves, so you're expecting like puppy paws. Right. And all of a sudden, you feel these little hooves in your legs. Yes. But it, <laughs> so cute. Oh yeah, they were super cute. Really awesome. Awesome. Oh, got those cute bellies. Yeah. But you know what? Goats are deceptively strong, Tara. Oh, I know. Yeah. They're like, 
like little little ones will knock you over. Yeah. They and, don't play. <laughs> uh-uh. Well, I mean they do play. Yeah. That's how well. they play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I used to when I was young, I used to um go work at this late this lady had a dog kennel and she um had show toy poodles. And so my mom would drop me off there to like play with poodles all day. But she also had show goats. And so the babies would knock you on your ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just come over and like. Just the exuberance. Yeah. Smash their head into you. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's called budding. Yeah. Technical term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Knock you right on your ass. They were so cute though. I used to try to beg, beg, beg. Please, can we get one? <laughs> we had two growing up. I had one and my sister had one. And they were great until it came time to clean out their area. <laughs> so stinky. Yeah. So and it's not like cleaning out the horse barn. Worse? Horses. Like no, not I know. I know. It's worse than horses? Really? Horse isn't that offensive to me. Horse I mean, is not that stinky. Growing up all. on a farm, yeah. That, like, yeah. The but goats were stinky. You just um, Volume wise, it would be more. I don't know. I, I mean, I felt like the goats, it, like every step they took, they would poop. It was, it <laughs> seemed like there was just that, like maybe the horse poop is bigger, but it just was like in one spot. So much. Yeah. yeah and, like, to me, it's, I mean, as far as farm poop goes, the pony was way less offensive than, than anything else. Yeah, I I don't. I'm not a big fan of cows because my my dad always had to have cows, beef cows. We didn't we didn't milk them. Mm-hmm. I just not a fan. Not so a fan. Ask me why I eat, why I eat beef. Go ahead. Why do you eat beef? bite? Revenge. <laughs> oh, we're in trouble now. Oh, what cow hurt you, you poor man? <laughs> Tell us where the bad cow touched you. <laughs> the, the, the day, like later in my dad's life, I finally convinced him he had like two cows, which he had been just keeping around forever. I, I finally convinced him, like, get rid of them. Like it's too much. You can't take care of them. I can't be here all the time to take care of them. Just get rid of them. And uh, he agreed finally. And I had somebody there within an hour to, to take him away. Oh, he was no. like, "How did you do that?" I'm like, "Pure I will." Plans. <laughs> Where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. Poor cows. Hmm. <laughs> I feel bad for animals, and I feel bad that I eat them. Yeah, my daughter's a vegan, so you know, there's that. I, uh, I really, I wrestle with that a lot. I grew up hunting, um, with my dad, and I don't know. We never like shot anything that we weren't gonna eat or whatever, and so mm-hmm. I understood like what goes into it from yeah. an early age, and like. I was also taught be respectful of the animal that's giving its life for right. you to be able to continue yours. Um, 
so I mean I can see like the ethical dilemma in like big industry like that's my problem is like food, but oh, yeah. Yeah. I try to get like the grass fed organic whenever I can't always afford it but I do my best I'm, I'm actually like joke aside I'm actually not a huge beef fan I don't eat that much red meat um but I, I do like I'm a big fan of lamb. <laughs> I like mm. animal. And the cutest, cutest animal in the world. The cutest little animal so, in the world. Tastes so delicious. So good. Oh, so yeah. delicious. <laughs> but I mean, I don't eat meat even every day. So yeah. um, I'll have a lot of days where all I eat is fruit. Like I'm weird. With we my eat like a lot of vegetarian stuff. Um, but we, it's, that's not a diet that works for a diabetic like vegetarianism i don't care what anyone says i live with someone who's a diabetic type 1 diabetic and you're cool you can't live off of just vegetables and you just can't well i'm as much as i would like to to be you know pure and whatever that diet just does not work for in, somebody with insulin resistance or somebody who's a type one diabetic. Mike would literally probably turn into a skeleton and I would just stop eating because vegetables make me sick. So. Well, yeah. I have to, I, I have a autoimmune anemia. Yeah. 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 So not only do I, take iron pills every day but i do need to eat red meat or i end up getting iron in like i have to sit in the doctor's office with an iv in and yeah. get iron infusions yeah. if i don't so yeah. i'm just laughing at how all over the place this conversation is it's stuff and things it's literally yeah. stuff and things Friday night with Tara. <laughs> this is my usual Friday nights. This is how I party now. I'm looking at my son who's who's creeping in the room. Ah. Oh, when we said hi. He waved. <laughs> Did you do a head nod? What's up? You could come over and be in the show if you want. It's stuffing things. Come on. Yeah, we don't mind. You can take my place. Oh my god. I'm all nervous. <laughs> He's so cute. He looks a little bit like me. Is he it's coming? a clone. I don't know if he's going to actually come or not. I mean, he sounds like you. How old is he? He's Now he's tying his hair back so you can't see his... These, leave your hair down so you can see how long your hair is. How long is it? I've literally... I don't think I've ever seen him. Here, he'll pop one for Suddenly a second. a wild boy appears. Oh my gosh, hi. Oh my goodness. You are a mini me, kind of. Yeah. He don't tell him that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess no one really wants to hear that, do they? Um, sup. Hmm? Sup. Nothing in particular. <laughs> It's a, we're all awkward. It's okay. It's, yeah. yeah. Right. That's like the theme of the show. Stuff and things. Oh. Whatever. Whatever you want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, you can talk about whatever you want. 
Mm. You can school them on Marxist theory if you'd like. Or oh Please don't frame me as like that Asperger. <laughs> <laughs> It's like an Asperger's threshold I'm not willing to read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's okay. I'm there. Like, I, I, I can do that. Actually, if you want to uh, analyze the theory of surplus value as laid out in Marx's Das Kapital, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Like, <laughs> but why? I'm interested now. Stop. <laughs> I want to get laid sometime in my life. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Awkward chicks dig smart dudes, though, man. What? We're still, you can play bass. It's not going to affect anyone. This is so weird. I'm just joining the podcast game, brother. My brother. Yeah. Do, do you want to come on the podcast? <laughs> no way. No way. I'm hanging with, like, middle-aged ladies and dads. <laughs> <laughs> this is, like, off the chain. Oh, this is great. No offense meant. I mean, just factually, you are middle-aged. No, right? like, factually, we are. It's fine. <laughs> no offense, Jason. Except by me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was just telling my daughter today, I am, like, pushing 50 so hard, it's going to topple over. It breaks. <laughs> What's happening? I don't know. I have no idea. It's like I aged. <laughs> what happened? Right on camera. Wow, you grew a beard that fast. Oh. That's amazing. Or is it like the Egyptian strap-on beard? <laughs> he sucked the life off him. <laughs> <coughs> My energy vampire got yeah. took all his youth. <laughs> exposed to teenagers as you have. teenagers scare the hell out of me i'm gonna be quite honest with you, you know what irks me like his voice is deeper than mine that <laughs> pisses me off more than anything else <laughs> is he taller no no it didn't seem to be no nah, i still got a quite few a bit inches. shorter still got a few inches on him. but how old is he 16 17 on new year's eve Aww. oh wow The other My one is baby. This is so weird. Well, I say enjoy it while it lasts. It goes so quick. It yeah. really does. I, I swear, I can still like, you know, that moment they hand them to you in the hospital, and that brand new first baby smell. No, mine were in. Mine were so early they were in uh, the things in the NICU. The. Uh... Oh. My little sister's a NICU nurse. Huh. Thank her for me. They're, they're wonderful, wonderful people. They're amazing. Yeah. My sister is unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. They, they were the, the some of the kindest people I've ever met in my life. Um, just wonderful. I, I still can't. When I see them out about town, I can't talk to them because I start crying every time. They were that kind and, and that good to us. I, you know, I, I want to just go up and hug them and just thank them for everything. And I just 
I'll start bowling every time. Yeah. I, they're just. It's one of those things that's like too much. Yeah. Yeah. It was, they were really wonderful people. They were really well, considering good. what they have to see every day too. Cause I mean, there's wonderful stories, but there's a heck of a lot of awful stories. Well, that's, I guess that's what it was because they said, you know, for every, you know, group of parents they see that are dedicated and there every day and doing all the right things. There's also a lot of premature babies that come because of not nice yeah. reasons. Yeah. Yes. And and they have to see that as well. So so I guess when they see people who are they trying are. to do the right things, I, I'm not gonna say, you know, we we certainly were trying to do all the right things. You know, I guess it's it's uh it's a happy thing for them as well, you know. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah, and unfortunately, the babies in the NICU, the outcome's always not are not always that great. Right. Yeah. But my sister was two and a half months premature herself. So it just kind of, I don't Is know. Did you hear to that? Um, actually, no. Um, she, when my parents got sick, my mom, first my dad got sick with Guillain-Barre and he was in the hospital. He was in the hospital for like a year before he went out into like a rehab facility during that time my mom discovered she had cancer i was overseas she was by herself taking care of them and she was just so good at it mm. and it just felt so natural to her and so right to her that she took care of my mom until the day she died. She was Aww. with my mom until the moment she died, taking care of her. Um, and she was there in a way that I couldn't be, you know, like I went home for as long as I possibly could, but my daughter was two, you know, when my mom first got sick and she was, I was pregnant and overseas when my dad first got sick. So I couldn't right. be there. Like I feel like I should have been. And then when my mom got sick the last time, I was pregnant with my son and going through a divorce. And then, you know, when my mom passed away, my son was a, a baby and my daughter was still a toddler. And then my, she just, she took care of both of my parents and discovered, hey, this is, you know, what I'm, I'm meant to be doing. And after my mom passed away, she just started nursing school. That's awesome. And she decided that she wanted to work with babies. Um, she either wanted to do babies, I think, or end of life care. Mm. But I don't, I think that end of life care is a little too close to, so she kind of wanted to give back what she was given. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It takes like special people to be able to handle that and to, and to like do it in a way that is helpful to the people going through it as opposed to like some stoic sort of clinical. Yeah. Person. My little sister's the strongest person I know. Like she doesn't see it that way and she doesn't, but she's much stronger than I am in a lot of ways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think you kind of have to be to, take care of people when they're dying essentially i mean 
Well, it's funny because people are like, they always assume I'm the strong one just because I'll fight you. But <laughs> but she's the strong one because she realizes that she doesn't need to. Yeah, that's, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and she's just emotionally much more stable than I am. It's that Aries thing. The Aries thing, the redhead thing. Like they used to, when I was in Kuwait, um, the range control guys used to call me Cherry Bomb because <laughs> um, of my hair and my temper. And uh, yeah, so that well, should. Wasn't that your job, diffusing bombs? Is that what you did? Uh, yeah, explosive ordnance disposal. And it was also my job, yes. See, exactly. But I'm not, though. I'm just, I like adrenaline and I remember stuff. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I like to take shit apart and I, I really enjoy explosions. And I remember nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Mm. Yeah. Crazy. Things got heavy there for a minute. I yeah, know, like two like two minutes ago, I was literally laughing uncontrollably when your son was sitting there, <laughs> dying. We're talking there. about, yeah. You think he might be mine? It, oh. I I think that yeah, definitely. Safe bet. That was hilarious. The DNA says that you are the father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! Literally. Mm. Let's see how many times I can say literally. A lot. I know. Literally so many. I know. <laughs> oh, I was going to show you my thing I'm making. Oh, yeah. Show yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I have this, well, no, because I have this rock right here, right? And it's poking me. Um, so I'm making this besom, right? And when I make them, I do like a decorative handle and I I put like protective knots and things like that in there. And then um, I, I give each of them like a stone centerpiece. And so I found the one for mine. Ooh. This is titanium kyanite. Oh, that's pretty. It's black kyanite that's been coated in titanium. Naturally or, or through some other process? Um, it's been, it's like a heat process. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, it doesn't occur naturally, unfortunately. But that's cool. Yeah. Did you um, get that from where you got the other gems that you just purchased? Oh, my international rock smuggling ring? Yeah. No, this is from the United States. The other things I've um, been getting are from Pakistan and China, which is like where the rocks and the mines actually are. Yeah. But yeah, no, this is from the United States. Um, but kyanite is like a very protective and cleansing material. So it works out perfectly. And then if you look at how this is formed, it's like actually two formations that are like stuck together mm. so it works how cool but yeah but you can't tell where one ends and the other begins and that's you know 
fitting. It's strangely appropriate. Yeah. Now, will, you, will you inlay that, or how how will it be attached? Um, that one I'm not going to inlay. I'm actually going to do like a iron cradle, a copper cradle, mm -hmm. because copper is a good conductor and it actually will amplify. Um, and the besom I'm using, I'm it's actually cinnamon. Um, and it's not big enough for me to inlay. Mm -hmm. Although I do have like wands and things like that, that I've made that I've inlaid the, um, different stones like quartz and, um, things like that into. Cool. Yeah. I'm actually working on a, not as large as yours, but a maple wood staff of my own. Yeah, it's curing right now. So people have asked me to make them those. I just, I don't know the amount of time that goes into that. Like, I'd, like, I'd have to charge. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Nobody could afford, like, yeah. And there's like, I don't know who's making cheap walking sticks, but you can find them like with like little wizards carved on them and stuff at like craft fairs. They're machine made. They're not handmade. They're they're like forty bucks. It's like they're garbage. Like, how can I compete with that? You know what I mean? Like exactly. Some, somebody's really gonna have to want one of mine. If, you know. Yeah, because the materials and and even not necessarily materials, but the time they don't realize. I've been working on sanding mine for months oh yeah to get it exactly that silky smooth texture that i want it to be mm. plus like it's i i stopped sanding it because i want it to cure more because i realized that i i cured it at first for like a year and i i realize it's not cured quite as much as i want it to be so i've got it just kind of curing some more and the time it takes to make them then the carving like the planning process takes a long time and then the carving and it looks like you did like wood burning in yours did you burn yeah. that in yeah yeah that's a lot of work like even i made a wand that was like this long and it's still i had to charge a hundred dollars for everything i put into it because i did like i wrapped silver wire um into like a mesh rope and then wrap that around it and i had inlaid crystals and things and a crystal on the end that was set in and you know specific um symbolism to the person that you have to think mm -hmm. about and yeah people don't i mean the people that buy them do realize but the people that want a 40 dollar one don't get it yeah i mean i'm 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 happy to do them for people but people are like oh you should do them and sell them i'm like they like i'll do some one specifically for someone if they hire me to do it but yeah on commission only and hope it sells because it, it won't it's just it's exactly not. i don't do my art because i well i do it because i have to um but i don't do it because i expect people are going to buy it mm -hmm. it's more i do it to see can i do it what happened a lot of my stuff starts out as I wonder what would happen if, and that's how most of my paintings start. Yeah. Um, so I don't, if somebody wants to buy that great and it, it's good. Cause 
it helps me support my family, but that's not why I do it. Yeah, I think, I think probably, you know, maybe speaking for not speaking for everyone, but I, th I think so. I think we're probably, I think Tara, you'd probably write whether they were published or not, right? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a hundred percent for my own enjoyment at this point. <laughs> And maybe candy and like mine. I was going. I was like, <laughs> well, I am, obviously. I mean, I mean, I'm compelled to make things. I just, I am. Yeah. Like, I, I will never stop. I don't know. I've tried to. I, I. It's whatever it is. Whether it's music, art, podcast, books, whatever. It is, I'm just completely compelled to make things. Um, psychologically, maybe that says something. I don't know. But uh, so I would do it no matter what, you know. I'm I'm lucky enough that that I I found my people, I guess. But uh, there's I was I stopped creating anything for about 13 years. Um, because I was told by someone very important to me that um, I was never gonna make anything of myself doing art and that I was way too ambitious to focus on that too much and so I stopped and I was like just a mom and I tried to fit into the whole suburban housewife thing and it was not good for my mental health at all and it was like that moment that I dyed my hair blue for the first time again after having like before I was in the military I used to like shave the sides and it was purple and whatever and then I joined the military and of course that was a thing but then I got married and into a very conservative family and that moment that I finally was like okay it's time to be me again it was so freeing and the second that I the first thing I drew when I started drawing, I like, I used to draw for like the kids or whatever, mm. but the first thing that I drew for myself was a maple leaf, like a very detailed maple leaf. And I still have it and it's just set aside. It's my freedom leaf. Aww. Yeah. I haven't looked back. I'm like, I feel like I'm missing a lot of technique and stuff that I could have developed for myself, but it's coming back really fast. Yeah, like you can see a difference in my art from four years ago to now. That's just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. You know, huge difference. Cause I'm comfortable again and I'm not trying to, cause when I first started, I was like trying to create to someone else's standard rather than my own. Yeah. And you can, tell, you can definitely tell. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just staring at Tara waiting for her to I'm just staring at you <laughs> it's weird seeing your faces uh it's because I have a weird face um <laughs> stop uh, what was I gonna say I mean I lost it again oh are you gonna is this gonna be a two-hour thing or are you going I mean, to I probably two hours do you think anybody would sit? Well, people like 
really watch this besides probably me? You might, want to, chop, you might want to chop it up. Like, yeah, segments, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I, like, I, release it. <laughs> release it maybe like 45 minutes to an hour at most at a time. I've discovered um, people don't really watch longer than an hour. Yeah, I know. On YouTube, but there are people like me that if they get into it and invested in the conversation or whatever, will sit and watch the whole thing like it's a feature-length film. I watch all of your guys's. Yeah. And all of his. I mean, we try not to run too long, but... I always thought, like, when I started, I thought more is better. I was doing, like, some of the episodes were, like, three hours long and stuff, and, and... There's a certain, like, a lot of people appreciate that. Like, yay, more. But there's some people who are just like, no, I can't do more than an hour. Like, and I, can't. I actually completely get that. Like, the only reason I can sit and listen is because I listen while I'm working. So mm -hmm. I'm typing in insurance policies and listening. So, but, like, if I didn't have that, there's no way I can invest. <laughs> like, I can't feasibly say I'm going to sit and watch this for, you know, whatever. But Exactly. I work for myself, so... Yeah. A lot of people like, I guess they like, it seems to be a lot of people like it for their commute. So they like it yeah, either, yeah, yeah. either they listen, if it's a shorter commute, they listen to half in the morning and half on the way back or, you know, whatever it is. But I think, I think that's what it comes down to people. That's where a lot of people have time to listen. What even time is it? Oh, 10 o'clock. Oh my God. Oh, midnight. Yeah. I mean, I could probably stop recording. <laughs> Oh, I'll stop recording. Gideon's having second thoughts about being. He said he would like you to cut that part out, not use that part. Well, we'll see. Sure. Hey, here comes. Look. Hi. Hey, Derek. Hi. Is it Derek or Derek? This is the Bigfoot Hunter. <laughs> this is my friend Candy. Hi. Don't kick the table. I'll try not to. <laughs> <laughs> Wiggle. He looks a lot like you. That's Gideon off camera. Did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. He looks just like her. Does he? I can see his dad in there too. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? I think he's getting slap at me. I'm kind of tired though. You are? Yeah, just a tiny bit. I've been playing for like the last three hours with my friends on Xbox. Oh. <laughs> what have you been playing? Fortnite? Um, well, well, we were playing Minecraft, then we played a bit of Fortnite Creative. We were just building around these things. One time we built the Avengers Tower in, in Creative. In Minecraft? No, in, crea in, my in Fortnite. Oh, okay. Yeah. What version of Minecraft are you playing? Yeah, I, I play the um, Xbox One edition and the uh, Minecraft Pocket edition. Okay. Yeah. Minecraft is a solid game. It yeah. is. I enjoy Minecraft. Yeah. I don't play anymore, but I, I used to. I just don't have time anymore. But I used, I used to really enjoy it. Like I don't know, four years back, something like that. Before yeah. the five, five years back. Maybe. Yeah. Um, also, it's cool. It's like it's like a basic game with like not like extremely detailed graphics, but it like it's still pretty cool. It is. I built a a house in there 
at one time that I had like a waterfall in oh, with cool. fish and I had glass windows and um, one okay. time I built like a glass dome underwater for my house to be in and like it was cool yeah I could see like fish swimming around on top of it and dolphins and stuff yeah dolphins oh that's amazing sharks to minecraft that would be actually pretty cool <laughs> also kind of terrifying I mean there's already zombies so yeah I'm surprised this game is rated everyone. There's literal zombies chasing after you. Lily, stop puking. <laughs> Here's my show and tell. Can my show and tell be can my show and tell be blueberry? You can catch him. Okay. Oh my god, the I, dog. I'm gonna get my hamster. Okay, go get him. Look, this is my show and tell. Lily. Lily. In her little t-shirt. I start barking. <laughs> she looks really um yeah she's over it she's not impressed look at her dude she's like a little blonde wookie i know yeah. she's cute she's old she's like 13 now i'll just stay on camera and you can do the commentary so i'll move my I mouth and blueberry welcome strange familiar sign timothy Manor, and i am gay <laughs> <laughs> he's so cute is he a, is he a Syrian hamster? Yes. Wait, and you put him on <laughs> his mouth. Because his mouth actually kind of looks funny sometimes. Are you laughing at Gid's commentary, Tara? I can't. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. Okay. I did. <laughs> I was like, oh, his voice is so soothing. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> All right, put him back. He's a magic hamster. He's magic. Okay. <laughs> By that, I, that means he that means he bites me sometimes. <laughs> that means he is very magical. He doesn't he bite. Oh, he bites Mimi before Austin got underneath the couch. Go get the rabbit. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm not going to unleash the beast and carry her in. Here. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> like all of your guitars destroyed. I know. I would love to. We have a the kitchen is rabbit safe, but the rest of the house has guitar cords and power cords and everything. And then that bunny just loves cords. Boy. So if we uh, if we had <laughs> what is even happening? Is that a Minecraft a... Mandalorian helmet? Yes, as a matter of fact. No spoilers, Dirk. They haven't watched it yet. I will not. <laughs> Did you make it yourself? Promotions. <laughs> yes. No more. You can't say anything we more. So good. Oh, did you watch it? It's so freaking good. I'm about getting ready to watch it here. But... He's got something up, up his sleeve right now. I don't know what he's bringing in here. Oh my gosh. You're the I one mean, Black Happy Day, right? What? I'm not. No, they're no. way cooler than me. I'm not. He asked if you were the lady from Black Happy Day. I am. I'm the just seeing if I remember. Because, like, I stumbled upon accidentally just by being an idiot how you came up with the name for that band, and it's like genuinely funny. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, we're not. We're not allowed hey, to talk. Hey, dude, about I was non-specific for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you later, Candy. 
Oh, you know you will. <laughs> All the children. <laughs> I'm so glad they named it so people can stop calling him Baby Yoda. I know. Yeah. People do, though, most of the time. Baby Yoda. Baby <laughs> Yoda. All right. <laughs> You're funny. Oh, my goodness. Reaching. I don't know if is is it still recording? It is still recording. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll turn it off now. Okay, bye. bye. I mean, we don't have to hang up. Bye. We can if we want, but right now we gotta figure out how to. Where's the record? There it is. Thank you, buddy. You're welcome. Why is it not working? Uh, if I hang up, I'm sorry. Wait, right here it is.